Can your kids accept no as an answer? Or do they whine and complain and stomp and throw a fit every time you tell them no? How do we teach our boys to live within the limits that we have set for them and with a good attitude? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts with Christ. We have a topic today that we have talked about several times on our podcast before, and it's the topic of contentment. And we keep circling back around to this topic because I think it is so important and it continues to be one of the most popular topics on my blog and on my podcast. So I know that this is something that you as moms are looking for and you want to learn how do we teach our kids to be content. So we have a guest on the show today who is going to talk to us about developing the heart quality of contentment in our kids. And you might be surprised by the solution to contentment that we are going to talk about today. So I'm really excited for it. We have Dr. Scott Taransky on the show with us today. And he is the co-founder of the National Center for Biblical Parenting. He is also a professor at Concordia University, where he teaches the master's program in parenting. He has written 15 books on parenting and has trained over 400 coaches to work with parents. So Dr. Transky, welcome to Redeeming the Chaos. Well, thank you, Lori. It's great to be with you. I love helping parents work with their children. And as we know, children can find themselves in all kinds of different uh, internal challenges. So talking about this one, contentment, I think is going to be a strategic one that parents will appreciate. Absolutely. Well, we are just thankful to have you on the show and to glean from some of your experience and expertise. And I will just throw in this little comment here that I had the privilege of going through the parent coaching program with Dr. Taransky and the National Center for Biblical Parenting. And so I am a certified parenting coach through their organization. And I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but if you would like more information on my biblical heart-based parent coaching services, you can go to christianparentcoach.com and find out more information there. So this week, we're going to dive into a very specific area of our kids' hearts, And that is the area of contentment. So a lot of what we are going to talk about today is actually found in one of Dr. Transky's books called Parenting is Heart Work, and it's the training manual. So there's two different books. There's the accompanying training manual, and a lot of the the content today is found in that book. So I will include links to that book in the show notes if you guys want to check that out for yourselves. So let's get started. Dr. Transky, tell us, how would you define contentment? Well... Let's look at the heart just for a moment, because inside of the heart is where we have this sense of wrestling that's going to lead to contentment or discontentment. So inside of the heart, we have things like desires that people have, and those desires are raging. If we, if we consider the heart like a room that we go into, on the one side, we have desires that are, are calling out, feed me, or I want this, I need these things. And, you know, the, the kids say some of those things themselves, but there are these desires inside of our heart. Now, those desires, when unbridled, kind of take over the heart and then, of course, our behavior and end up with some rather challenging things in a person's life. So 
if we're going to define contentment, then we're going to define it, I think, in terms of character qualities, because when we identify character qualities in a child, we're doing that in, in ways that are very practical so the child can overcome something in their lives. So in this case, I would suggest two character qualities are going to help develop contentment in a child's life. One is this idea of peacefulness or peace that allows me to live within limits. And the other has to do with gratefulness. That is being able to look within the limits that I have and find things that I appreciate and thus resulting in this idea of contentment in a person's life. Yeah, I love that. And gratefulness is one of the the things that we have talked about before on this on this podcast. And moms that are listening, you know, they they probably already recognize this character quality of discontentment, but what are some of the the signs, some of the warning signs to look for in our kids that they might have this heart quality that needs to be worked on? Usually we see discontent when a child runs into a limit of some kind. Parents say no to their children. That's going to be a primary way where discontentment is revealed. But also it's when children find themselves unhappy with life because they aren't getting what they want in one form or another. They always want more. And so when a child has in their hearts, I always want more, feed my desires, or they have what I call the Chuck E. Cheese mentality where, you know, at Chuck E. Cheese, you just you finish one thing, you run to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so there's this uh, feed me, you know, give me more stuff. That becomes this problem inside of a child's heart that we call discontentment. But let me say it's much bigger than that. Let's imagine a child then uh, has a hard time accepting no as an answer when they're younger and they get to be a teenager. When a child's in those teen years, if they haven't developed contentment, then it starts to create some real problems in their lives. They start going outside of the boundaries of society, whether it's family boundaries or, or police, you know, going past governmental laws or school boundaries or whatever, in order to find two things, identity and pleasure, that's when they get themselves into trouble. So having this sense of being able to live within limits is so strategic for children that we want to help them learn that when they're young so they'll be able to use it. And of course, as we get to be adults, if you can't live within limits and you have trouble staying on a budget or staying on a diet, you're always looking for more. You see, mm -hmm. it's very important for us to work with children now because it has so many ramifications down the road. We're not just trying to have peace around the house here. What we're really trying to do is build something inside of the child that's going to last with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So this sounds kind of countercultural for sure, but actually saying no to our children more often is something that's going to help to develop that attitude uh, and that character quality of peacefulness and contentment in their lives. So actually creating limits. So you were talking about children learning to live within the limits that are set for them. What are some practical ways that that we as parents can help our kids to learn to live within the limits that are set for them? Well, let me just step back and respond to one of the things you said, which I think is very important. And that is that sometimes it feels almost counterintuitive to say no to our children in order to build peace in them because it creates this dissonance inside of them. I just want to respond to that because I think a lot of parents make the mistake of overemphasizing uh, pleasure or entertainment or comfort with their children. They want their children to be comfortable. Some parents believe that if I if I help my child be happy, then he's going to grow up to be an adult who has a stronger sense of, of self-esteem or a stronger sense of identity when that's really 
the opposite of the truth, you see. I, my wife was talking to a man this last week who said, I think we made a mistake with our children. Now our 20-year-old and 22-year-old daughters, both of them just, they seem to get upset with the smallest things. We made life too comfortable for them. And sometimes when we make life too comfortable for children, then they just don't develop what they need to wrestle with the challenges of the of the life that we have. It's because parents confuse two ideas. One is this idea of, of making our children comfortable is not appropriate, but the word comfort is valu- valuable. Like I often say to parents, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your child is comfort. But you don't comfort them to make them comfortable. What you do is you comfort them in the midst of the struggles so that they can have the comfort they need to meet the challenges of the life that they're trying to address. So I'm just stepping back to make a comment on what you said, because I think it's very important for parents to understand the background here, that we do want our children to to be comforted, but not to necessarily be comfortable. They need to learn to live within limits. And that means that what are we going to do on a practical level? We're going to say no to them more often, or we're going to have them wait. Sometimes children want that what they want right away. And sometimes we're just going to say, no, we're going to live with less or we're going to we're going to be content to have what we have now. We're not going to try to embrace all of these things. So being able to do that with children, I think, takes some fortitude on the part of parents as well. I love that explaining the difference between comforting our children versus making them comfortable. I know it is so tempting for moms to just want to give their kids all of the comforts of life. They want them to be happy. They want to be successful. But our job as parents is not to make our kids happy. And that is such a hard concept for moms to accept sometimes because like when the kids are unhappy, when the kids are, you know, upset about something, like it makes us uncomfortable and it creates more like turmoil or stress in the household. But sometimes we need to work through and move into those areas of stress and allow our kids to be uncomfortable in order to allow them to work through that discomfort to develop the heart qualities that we're that we're working on. I think that's very true. I, I just think that here, here's the principle. Suffering in the Bible, it says suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character. This is Romans chapter five. I think that idea that the Bible says is true for our children. They must learn how to respond to adversity and trials and struggles that they have in order to be stronger and more effective. So what we're trying to do is help them do that And that's going to take a little bit of work to put them in those kind of difficult situations with a plan in order to become stronger people. Now, of course, moms listening would would say, well, you know, I've tried this. I've tried saying no to my kids or I've tried setting limits and they just push back and they throw a fit or they argue or they whine. What are some mistakes, first of all, that you have sometimes seen parents making when responding to that? pushback from their kids because kids will will inevitably push back. They don't want limits set on them. You know, they don't want to hear no as an answer. But what are some ways that you have seen seen parents responding to those pushbacks that that might be a mistake? I think that often children use different kinds of manipulations. They use the ones that work. So arguing is using logic and information to change a parent's mind. Badgering is using continual poking at a parent to wear down their resistance so the parent will eventually give in. Complaining is just making everybody else miserable because I'm unhappy and parents don't like complaining. So they 
sometimes will give in. Children are looking for what works. How can I get what I want from my parents? And so when those kinds of activities take place and, and they work for children, then they continue to use them. So whining, badgering, complaining, arguing are just a few of the things that children use. Sometimes there's a lot of drama that children will use anger to control the environment or control the situation. And we must have a way in our own lives to address those challenges when our children present them. I think it's difficult for moms, and I've talked with so many moms, it's just so hard to not get sucked in to the emotions of our kids. When they have big emotions, they're angry, they're upset, and our natural response is to raise our level of emotions as well to fight back against that emotional level, or we just avoid conflict altogether sometimes because it's like, well, it's just way easier to just give in and let them have what they want rather than to work through that conflict and those those big emotions that we know are coming. So what what advice would you give to moms just to help them work through some of those big emotions, like maybe in themselves in dealing with with their kids when they are off track and when they are experiencing big emotions? Yeah. Okay. So I, here's what I think. I, I think the parents who don't have a plan often use emotions to solve problems themselves. So I think the best thing that parents can do is to identify a plan that they can use to work on with a particular child. Let's say a child has a problem arguing or whining or any of the things we talk about. Then I think that parents, when they have a plan for that and they recognize those things are taking place, they can use firmness and they can say, oh, we're arguing. I'm not going to participate in this. And by doing that, they're drawing a line more closely to the to the off-track activities that the child's engaged in, so to shut them down more quickly. I'm not going to participate in this particular dialogue. Now, when children use emotion to try to engage their parents, I think it's very important for parents to refuse to engage children on that level. Sometimes parents will use the emotional response of children as an excuse to engage in emotional intensity themselves. And of course, we and then find ourselves upping the ante and things get worse and worse. So what I suggest to parents is that they make a very clear line between the issue and the process. The issue is, can I have a snack right now right before dinner? And the answer is no. Or the issue is, can I watch this video or can I go to a party? And this is, party is something that parents don't feel is wise. And so that's the issue. The process is the way the child is treating me at the moment. So if the child's arguing or badgering or complaining or yelling or being disrespectful in that moment because I've said no, it's that process that we draw attention to. And so then we say we don't talk about, it's very important, we don't continue to talk about the issue, we move to the process. I'm not going to talk to you right now because of the way you're treating me or what you're doing right now is wrong. I've said no and you're continuing to badger me, that's inappropriate. So we move to the process. And we refuse to talk about the issue. Now, this is very important because sometimes when children keep talking about the issue and parents indulge them in that while the child is being disrespectful, mean, angry or whatever, then parents are actually validating the poor response on the part of the child. They're saying, it's okay for you to yell at me. We can keep talking about the issue. And that's why I think it's best when parents are being mistreated by their children in any of the ways we've talked about here, that the parents are saying, no, we're not going to talk about this right issue right now. The way you're treating me is inappropriate. So we move from the issue to the process. I think it'll be a strategic way for parents to be able to approach this difficult issue that's often deeply ingrained in some children's hearts. 
Yeah. A few of the things that that I learned personally as I was going through the coaching certification program, one of the things that was in, in our course material was that you can be upset. If I'm talking to my child, you can be upset and I can be okay. Your emotions don't have to affect me. This is your problem. I'm not going to make this my problem. And we're not going to deal with this problem until you can calm down and change your attitude and and not you know, not treat me this way. So yeah, I love that separating the issue from the process. And until your process is in line, like until you're able to treat me with respect, we can't talk about this issue and we can't talk about the problem. Then once you've calmed down, now come back to me and now we can talk about this problem in a in a civilized way. And I think just the reminder too of like, it's not my job to make you happy. I'm sorry that you're upset about this. I'm sorry that this is causing a a conflict in your life, but my job is to teach you and to train you as a parent. God has given me this responsibility to be your mom and to develop these character qualities in your life. And I'm sorry that you're not happy right now, but that's not my problem. Like my goal is to to work on these character qualities with you. So I think that's that's a really good reminder for moms um, because we do tend to just be emotionally involved. So I think those are just really good reminders just to not escalate the situation. Don't let your own emotions raise to the same level as as your kids. So how should we respond? You talked about compassion, comfort, showing comfort. What are some ways that we can do that while still being firm in that situation? So those are the two things. We want to make sure we're firm with children. It's the firmness that is going to build the character But in the Biblical Parenting Coaching Program, we use a a range of tools to help children, to bring about change in children. We don't exactly know which one is going to touch a child's heart in a particular way, because the heart's a complicated place. So we offer a number of different solutions, and parents then choose the ones they think are best for their child and try to implement those in ways that can be most productive. So some other ideas besides being firm, although I think firmness is going to be a very important component in most of cases like this. Another one is visioning. Visioning is saying, son, let me explain to you why I'm saying no to you, because I want you to know that it's not about just the behavior on the outside. It's not about just getting the privilege or not getting the privilege. It's about something deeper going on inside of your heart that has to do with contentment. And so I'm training you in, so that you can say some things inside of your heart that will help you for the rest of your life. So one mom was working with her five-year-old granddaughter, I should say, grandma with her granddaughter, and her granddaughter would mope when she wasn't getting what she wanted. And so the grandma said, we need to figure out some words you can say. You can say, it's okay. I'm disappointed, but it's okay. Those are good words to be able to use. I think that's helpful. Or, Maybe next time is another word that a child might use. So we're equipping them with what they can do next. But the visioning idea is a very, very important area so that we're helping children understand why we're saying no. It's not because of the actual incident. Often it's because of what I'm trying to develop inside of your heart. I had a boy I was working with in my office. Parents were in the room while I was working with the little boy. And he had a real hard time accepting no as an answer and get very angry when he didn't get what he wanted when things don't get go his way. And so we talked about it and I, I shared a lot of vision with him. And then I said, I want you to turn to your parents and I want you to say, dad, mom, you can say no more to me this week so I could practice this. And he looks at me and he says, and they'll only be kidding, right? 
I said, no, they're not going to be kidding. This is the real deal. They're going to say no to you so you can practice. This is something in your heart. You're wrestling with your desires inside of your heart. All of us need boundaries around our desires. Parents help provide those as their form of society right now. But society is going to grow and we have to live within the boundaries that society provides or or other things so that we want we want our children to be able to live within those. So the visioning is another tool that we use as well. And I love the idea of practice, practicing with our kids and intentionally putting them in situations where we're saying no so that they have opportunities to develop that that quality. My son the other night was throwing a fit about something. I don't even remember what it was. Something very insignificant and not important, but he had decided that he wanted this thing. And this was like life and death. And he had to have this, whatever it was. And I said, no, I'm sorry. We're not going to do that today. And, you know, maybe another time. And I, I went through the same process with him, talked to him about, okay, you know what? Let's talk about some of the things you can say in your head. I'm, I'm feeling really disappointed, but it's going to be okay. Or I really wanted to do that, but maybe next time, maybe another time I, I'll be able to do that. I, I know you've mentioned before, Dr. Transky, about putting a number on a problem. Talk a little bit about that just a second, the value of the severity of a problem. Usually we do this afterwards because when a child is has the opportunity to look back on a situation, they can see it more clearly where in the moment their emotions are tied or invested into what they want. So we'll try to use this technique, which is after the fact to say, now let's rate that problem that you had. You wanted to watch TV right at that time. And I said, no, how big of a problem was that on a scale of one to 10 that, that you were experiencing that desire? Or how important was it for you? And, and so what that does, hopefully, is it helps children realize that they were acting like it was an eight or a nine when it was really a three or a four. So the scale idea can sometimes help children position themselves in a way better for the next times that come along so that they can say to themselves, well, this isn't that serious of, a, of an issue. I can accept this and go forward. I do think it's important to help our children to evaluate in the moment, uh, but sometimes after the fact, we're able to kind of do some of that evaluation and then hopefully they'll be able to see it next time in the moment. But children who are very emotional often have a hard time in the moment doing anything. And that's why in those moments, we generally have to be firm and say, I'm sorry, I'm not talking to you right now. You need to go take a break, settle down, change your heart, come back and see me when you're ready. The idea is um, we're not going to continue on this way. I'm not going to participate in the drama. And if you're out of control, it's your problem, then I'm not going to get sucked into it. And we're going to try to come back and talk about it when you're done. So we really don't want to get sucked in. If there's any way we can help our children by not getting sucked in, then it keeps the problem the child's problem. If parents get sucked in, now it's it's the parent's problem too. And I'd prefer to keep the problem the child's problem by not getting emotionally upset. You talked about that part of accepting no. Our, our kids are actually experiencing a form of grief in that situation where they had expectations, they had values, and now those values are either taken away or those those things that they really wanted are not going to be attainable. And so they're actually ex experiencing loss and grief in that situation. Can you just explain a little bit about how that's working in their hearts and then how we can respond to them? Because some kids will respond maybe not so much on the anger side, but just with deep sadness about not being able to do some things. How can, how can we respond to kids in that situation? 
It is helpful for us to understand the nature of grief and what that looks like because every time a child doesn't get what they want, it's really a response to a a loss of some kind. And whenever we have a loss, then there's a grieving we go through in order to in order to come back to a place of acceptance and balance. And and most people are familiar with the five stages of grief that children go through. And we see them with children when they can't accept no as an answer. When you say no, you can't go to the party, you know, a parent a child might say, What? I can't believe you're saying that. That's denial, you know, they're experiencing. And then children will move from denial to something like anger, where they're going, you are the most strict parent in the whole world. This is so unreasonable, unfair. And then then they move to this area of bargaining. You know, hey, let's make a deal. I'll do all my chores next week. You'll let me go forward and do what I want to do. Then children often feel really sad about the whole situation, they feel depressed about it. Oh, it's terrible. I can't have what I want. And then finally, they come to this place of acceptance. And and what we're teaching children is to accept no as an answer in a more fluid state. They still have to respond to a loss, but we don't want the, the whole process of responding to the loss to take so long. We don't want it to be so dramatic. What we want children to do is to respond in a more healthy way to the challenges they're experiencing and that requires kind of moving through this process of grief in a, a more healthy way. I, I call it being emotionally flexible. And uh, children who are emotionally flexible are able to kind of go with the flow. Children who are rigid emotionally uh, break inside. And when something's broken, they feel overwhelmed and it's hard for them to recover. So the goal here is to develop the emotional flexibility that helps children to be able to accept no as an answer or to deal with the changes that might take place. It's all about limits, and thus we get to the positive quality of contentment. We want our children to be content even when things don't go their way, and that's really the skill, the character quality we're trying to develop. Yeah, so thank you for circling back around to contentment again because I wanted to to touch on that again. So we've talked about contentment is the ability to live within limits, to be content and to be happy and satisfied with what we have instead of complaining about what you don't have. And that's a quote from from the Parenting is Heartwork training manual. It's the ability to experience peace inside even when our expectations aren't met. So I think that is such an important quality to to work on in our in our kids. And I just love all of the practical things that we've talked about today. So setting limits, saying no to your children more often and not in a mean way, but in a way that that is focusing on their heart and explaining to them, you know, I'm going to say no to you a little bit more often the next couple of weeks or months because I want you to develop this heart quality. This is what we're working towards and giving them that vision for for what God is doing in their heart. And just practical tips for moms, you talked about don't give in to the arguing and whining. Allow your kids to to grieve their losses while still showing them empathy, still comforting them and and saying, "I'm, I'm really sorry you're going through, through this. I know this is hard." But my answer is still no, because I know that this is what's best for you. So do you have any final words of encouragement, tips for our moms that are listening today who really want to help develop this character quality of contentment in their kids' lives? Well, you know, children are very complex. The heart is a challenging place to work. And I, I hope that in our discussion today, we haven't tried to appear to make it sound simplistic because it is not easy many times to work with children. Every child's unique and knowing exactly how to help a particular child often depends on that child. So I I regularly encourage people to get involved in the biblical parenting coaching program. And since you're a trained coach, 
for people to say, look, I want to go through the eight-week coaching program. I know that I need more skills to help my child deal with the challenges that I'm facing. I, I need more of these practical ideas because I don't know what to do in the moment. I need to know where to draw the line and when to say no, when to give in. You know, all of that are things that, that we talk about in the Biblical Parenting Coaching Program. So your solutions for those families are powerful. It's a strategic way to bring about major change in the life of a child in a short period of time. Thank you for that. And I have seen very big changes in my own children using this program with them, as well as some of the clients that I have worked with have just been so amazed by the the heart change that they've seen in their kids over a short period of time. And it's not a miracle pill that, you know, you never have any problems again going forward, but you just learn so many helpful tools to use with your kids. You have a plan in place and you just have such a different mindset going in and approaching your kids with a heart-based approach. Dr. Transky, tell us a little bit about what are some of the resources that you have available for parents through your organization, through the National Center for Biblical Parenting, and where can they, they learn a little bit more about you and your books and things like that? I would suggest that people go to our main website. We have six websites, but going to biblicalparenting.org is the main overall site. It's got hundreds and hundreds of pages that are free, that give articles and tools and solutions for parents. They there can find our different curriculums that we have. They can learn about the books that we've written, including Parenting is Heartwork, the one you mentioned there, and the training manual. So they can read about those, learn more about their practical impact on family life. We work with parents of children who are toddlers all the way to teens in order to help bring about major changes. So I'd say going to biblicalparenting.org would be a key place. And, and from there, they can order our books, resources, and uh, get involved in some of the other programs that we have. We have a number of programs that parents can be involved in, and they can find solutions there that'll be of great interest to them, I'm sure. Okay, thank you. Yes, I will have links to biblicalparenting.org, as well as some of your books in the show notes. Well, Dr. Transky, we are just so thankful for your time with us today. And I just want to say thank you for being here with us on Redeeming the Chaos and for speaking to our moms that are listening today. Well, thank you very much, Lori, for having me on. I just encourage you in the work you're doing. I think it's so important to be able to help people understand some real heart-based tools to parenting. And I know that's what you're all about. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate your partnership. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Dr. Scott Taransky from the National Center for Biblical Parenting. If you are interested in learning more about a heart-based approach to parenting and some of the tools available to you, I have a few options for you. First of all, in the new year, I will be recording a series of podcast episodes that focus on the seven tools of heart-based parenting. So if you are listening to this episode at some point in the future, so mid to late 2023 or later, I will have links to those heart-based parenting episodes in the show notes. But for those of you listening right now, I have something special for you. I have a quiz on my website, and you can find the quiz at lauriechristine.com forward slash quiz. And this quiz is called, How Well Do You Know Your Son? It is a fun way to learn more about your son's personality, about his strengths and weaknesses, and how you can best connect with his heart. 
But the best part is after taking the quiz, you will receive a series of emails that each focus on one of the seven heart-based parenting tips that will help you build a deeper relationship with your son and connect with him on a heart-based level. So go to lauriechristine.com slash quiz. And Laurie is L-A-U-R-I-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, lauriechristine.com forward slash quiz. And you can take that quiz and then get that series of emails that will help you build a deeper relationship with your son and connect with his heart. I also just wanted to let you know that I will be taking a break from this podcast for the next few weeks in order to spend some more time with my family during the Christmas season. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas celebrating the birth of our Savior. I look forward to chatting with you next year in 2023.